0: This
1: this, is Fight Disciples.
0: Welcome to podcast episode number 798 with the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA preview for the weekend coming up. Before we get stuck in, if you're watching this on YouTube, yeah, it's a little bit different today uh, because we're on Nick's balcony in Abu Dhabi right now because we're out here for UFC 294, so it is a little bit darker. Uh, it's just gone just got about, what time is it? It's gone. just gone six o'clock Abu Dhabi time. Uh, so it's uh, the sun has just gone down on a hectic day of full-on interviews with UFC 294 combatants, of which we'll tell you all about in a minute. Before we get stuck into this though, fightdisciples.com is our website. Head there uh, for an audio feed if you want to listen to us via Google Play, Apple, Spotify, all that type of stuff. It's all there for you. Uh, or you can watch, as I've just highlighted there, it's a little bit different, the video today. Uh, but you can watch us on youtube fight disciples is what uh we are on youtube go and get yourself stuck on in um bloody hot in it bloody hot mate telling you hop
1: you by it. that pool kid let me tell you that hop by that pool you got a little swim today ain't you factor 30 on today a couple of lengths down the pool Locked up at the pool bar for a little afternoonsies <laughs> <laughs> it's been a tough old day kid <laughs>
0: UFC 20%. 294, that's why we're here. Um, and the more and more I think about this card, the more excited I get. The fact that they managed to turn around a co and a main event within 24 hours from the original that <laughs> fell you. off due to injuries and kind of, well, like speaking to fans that are out here, kind of gained more interest. Of course. And that's no disrespect to Charles Oliveira and Paolo Costa because I was absolutely in on those fights that they were scheduled to obviously be part of. Um, but you're more in now. I'm, more defi- in. I'm definitely more in on the main event. And that's not a disrespect to Charles. I absolutely adore him. I think he's tremendous. But because of the unanswered questions that a lot of people still have from February, I am more in on the main. I don't know about the call main because I was well in on Paolo Costa, Hamza, Chumaya. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought... Do you think Camaro
1: Costa's a completely different... Completely different assignment than... Kamaru Usman, correct. So I'm warning on Kamaru Usman because, with all due respect to to Paulo Costa, you know he's in, in a lot of ways he's quite one-dimensional. He's a big, huge, you know, Marvel character that throws massive bombs.
0: He refuses to use his jujitsu.
1: Yeah, and and that's about that's about him. You know, he's he's just an incredibly powerful brute of a man. Whereas Kamaru can be a lot more technical than that, and has been. You know, welterweight champion of the world, and in a a not too long ago, guys was dubbed as one of the best fighters on the planet. So that doesn't leave you overnight, and I believe that he can pose more questions than maybe the original opponent can to uh, Hamza Chamayev. So I'm kind of more in on the co-main, and obviously, Charles is one of my favorite fighters of all time. But round six, from what we've seen in February, sign me the motherfucker up for that. And that's what we're getting, baby, because we sat with both of them yesterday and they both told us the same thing. Round six starts Saturday night. Fucking get in.
0: What have you you made of um, the fighters that we've been around this week?
1: They're all fucking ace. Love them all. Mm -hmm. What what else is there? They've all got massive entourages. (laughs) That seems to be the thing these Pop days. Apart from Nathaniel, Every, well, Nathaniel Wood rocks up on his own. Didn't even have Brad with him. Nobody whatsoever. Literally rocked up on his own. And to be fair, you know what? Johnny Walker rocked up with his with his
0: wife, girlfriend, girlfriend, fiance.
1: Is it? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think it was just the UFC. Uh, one of the UFC. Oh, I wasn't there. I don't know who members. he came with. He wasn't with. His it was mrs. a female. I don't think it was his missus. No, I think it was just okay. one of the UFC, you know, media team or whatever. But okay. basically, Johnny pretty much rocked up on his own. Kamani rolls deep. Islam rolls deep. For the first time. Islam rolls deep. Deep. Hamza rolls motherfucking hey. deep. Crazy. There's a truck of the truck full of them. Uh, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say the little wombat. Mr. Volkanovsky calling him that. The Wombat. He looks like a you Wombat. You nearly did that to his face, know, face yesterday. I know, yeah, I know. <laughs> He is
0: the soundest fucking Mate, dude he's a in the whole He doesn't UFC. roll deep.
1: There's two or three Aussies with him yeah. who are all sound as fuck. And, and we had a good chat with them yesterday, man. One of them, the guy with the beard, the yes. sound as anything. I remember speaking to him previously. He's got the broadest Australian accent I've ever heard. Now, I lived in Australia for a very small spell of my life. And I've never met anyone as broad-speaking... You don't get more
0: Australian
1: than (laughs) you And you're like, sorry? And you think, it takes a while to go, oh, he's actually speaking English. He's just such an Australian that you've really got to decipher what he's saying. But yeah, listen, all mega teams. And and one thing a good fighter will do is spend 10, 15 minutes sitting in front of you and by the end of it, you go, that guy's winning. Yeah. And I did that. Especially with the four, well, well we didn't see Hamza. Three of the four guys in the top two fights, every single one came in, sat down, said things that impressed me, behaved in ways that impressed me, that when they left, I went, well, he's winning. And I did that with three of the four.
0: And two of them were fighting each other. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly, mate. I seen him slam, I seen the way he was talking, I was thinking, poof, fuck me, he's going to do it. And then Volk rolls in, and by the time Volk left, I was like, poof, woof, he's going to do it.
0: One thing that I'm convinced about with the main event is that I think you're going to get a continuation of round number five. So if you, if you remember the first fight, it Do you was mean round six? a continuation of what we saw in round five.
1: That's what I mean. The, the momentum of the fight will continue into round one from round five. It won't be a reset. Yeah. What's happening next? It'll be, remember round five in Perth? This will be round six. But the atti- momentum will go, the, st- the fight will go at the same pace, the yeah. same attitude, because it was quite slow the first, I wouldn't say slow, first two rounds in Perth, I thought Volk gave Islam the first round, not gave me, but, you know, allowed Islam to do Islam things, and then Volk warmed into the fight, and then Volk finished fast. Yeah, And I think this will be a flip of that. But is Islam the type of fighter to give up the first round through sheer pace, aggression, I don't know whether he is, because his game plan is win the first round, win the rounds, win the fight, you know what I mean? That's what makes it so entertaining this uh, time.
0: Yeah, and I think that is gonna come down, both of the guys' attitude, but mo- mainly Volk. Like, speaking to him yesterday, obviously, he's looked back at the first fight, and there's certain little bits where he's gone, oh, I should've gone there, I should've, got, I should've done this in this particular moment, and that might have swayed this particular round, and, I'd have, and I got the situation done. Yeah. <coughs> He, the way he was talking yesterday, is not interested in 25 minutes. No. And there's several reasons as to why he's talking like that. Obviously, we're talking an 11-day notice fight, so therefore the conditioning isn't to the standard that it was at previously. Don't get me wrong, he's in, still in great shape. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to do 25 minutes at a decent pace, but... Not Volk pace. Not vo- Exactly that, not Volk <sighs> pace. So that's one of the elements of it. And the second element is obviously the way that the first fight went he was on the wrong end of the decision. And he, he's gonna come out fast. He's go, he's go, I think he's gonna aim to try and do, I mean, we saw it in the Yair fight, didn't we? Mm-hmm. He came out and he did not let Yair do anything. Absolutely zero. He just went out and went, this is me. This is yeah. what I do. I don't give a shit what you do. Here yeah. we go. And he ended up getting him, uh, finished in the third round, didn't he? And obviously that is a good little benchmark to look at because it's happened since the, the fight in February. It's really interesting speaking to Islam because when you talk to him about game plan, he goes, "Nothing changes too much because yeah. I won," and it's a unanimous decision. And I think the majority of people would conclude that he it was three two in his favor. Some might go three two the other way, but the majority would go three two in his favor.
1: I, I think uh, not necessarily the majority. I think I think the people are genuinely still split, but I think even if you're a Volk fan or an Islam fan, you can see how that fight went three two in favor of Islam. Yes, of course. You know I scored me? it three two in favor of Islam. I thought I thought Volk pinched it, but. I've watched it back many times and that round four that fourth round was incredibly close.
0: But the thing that is interesting speaking to Islam is that obviously we touched upon Charles Oliveira not being uh, here for this rematch. And he goes, I'd already dealt with that. Yeah. And it was conclusive. Yeah. You didn't have any you don't you have no questions over me you and know. Charles Oliveira. And I went, You're absolutely right. Of course. I said have you got questions over this? And I said, Yeah. Even though I think you won, yeah. And he went, exactly. So his attitude, you could just tell with the way that someone's speaking about something, I think he's going to want to try and make a statement. He's going to want to go out there and obviously if you've got two guys trying to do the same thing rather than be cagey and have a look, because there was respect the first time around, we don't know. Yeah. We don't know what 145 Volkanovsky is going to do at 155. Of course. Now we know. We know now, don't we? Mm-hmm. And I think that attitude it's going to start fast. I don't think it'll be cagey. I don't think it'll be downloading the data. They've got all the data they need. Yeah. These two guys' game plans aren't going to change too much. It's going to be, right, I need to go quicker. I need to get after you. And that is then going to demand a response from Islam Makhachev. I think he can respond. We've seen him do it against Charles Oliveira. Yeah. I don't think this goes 25 minutes. I, I don't think it goes all the way. I think there will be a finish in this fight.
1: I think I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if it gets out around, round two. And I'd almost lock money in that it certainly doesn't get out of round three. I think it's a 15-minute fight. I think in Perth, in February, we saw a marathon. I think both these guys are prepping for a sprint because... Just kick the camera, Yes, there. can you stop doing that, please? Sorry. The, because Islam wants to remove all doubt, as you've just said. He's like, okay, yeah, you think I might have lost this fight. Well, I'm, I'll tell you what, there won't be no thinking I lost it this time around. And Volk, taking the fight with 11 days' notice isn't in the position he was in in February to be able to go 12, 25 minutes at the pace that he likes to go. So I think Volk has flown to Abu Dhabi for a 15-minute fight, and he's going to throw everything, the kitchen sink, the fucking Australian barbecue, his youth, everything, you name it. He's going to throw everything at his lamb in the first 10 and 15 minutes, and he, he's got to get it done in 15 minutes. So he will take opportunity. He will take chances. Yes. He will set traps. He will push the pace. He will push to make something happen in that time. Now, don't get me wrong. What that might lead to is him missing, making a mistake, giving up his back. You know, being tripped, falling into one of Islam's traps, and getting choked, unconscious. Because obviously, it's it's Vulcan. He, he ain't gonna tap. But equally, as such. By pushing the pace, by putting himself in harm's day, in danger, you've got to you've got to do to Islam what people aren't doing, and that is not try and pinch the fight, which I no. think Volk tried to do in February. He tried to do enough on the scorecards. It was very close. It was three-two. Whichever way you want to score it, I think this time he's like, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pace on Islam. I'm gonna get in front. I'm gonna take chances. That will either lead to my demise or will make Islam go backwards and retreat and put the pressure on Islam that he's not used to. Because people give Islam respect. You know why? Because he's fucking superb. Yep. And he commands respect. Mm-hmm. But if you don't respect him, maybe you put him into a position or a situation that he's not willing to handle, that pace that he can't live with, and that's how you get a finish over him. So I believe it's going to be 10, 50 minutes of absolute fucking carnage. Yep. Can't wait for it.
0: I think that attitude will give Volk... Uh, success but I think it will ultimately lead, uh, Potentially. Lead, to the, lead to the demise well
1: that's what I mean it's uh, even I'm going or you're going and, and I'm prepared to do that yeah I'm prepared to just go you know what I threw everything at him I took it to 11 days notice dude choked me unconscious it is what it is kids back to the featherweight division I go this story isn't over maybe one day I'll be back or
0: He has a glorious victory.
1: He has the glorious victory that he didn't get in February. Removes all doubt, and by Jove, we are dancing in the streets because the conversation about who's the best pound for pound fighter on the planet there ain't no more conversation. I'm sorry, JBJ, but there ain't a conversation right now. I believe Volkanovski is still the number one pound for pound fighter on the planet, but the pound for pound fight on the planet can't lose twice to the same guy. No,
0: but and then and this is the other thing as well from an Islam Makachev point of view, if you beat the number one pound for pound twice, yeah. whether the first one's nip and tuck or whatever... or
1: not, correct. You're the guy. You, you, you can't then argue and go, yeah, but, you know, how many people have Islam beat? He beat the dude twice, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Come yeah. on. Exactly. If he wins
0: at the weekend, he's the pound for pound number one. The, the, the pound for pound and goat debate are two different debates. Yes. Completely different things. I have no idea how John Jones, off beating Cyril Garner, has managed to get himself back to this number one situation no with idea. the pound for pound. Because... At, no, activity, level of opponent. It's an ever-moving thing, the pound-for-pound debate. And it's he mythical would. anyway, but it's an ever-moving conversation. Yeah. Volkanovsky, he came up with a really interesting stat in that interview yesterday, didn't he? Yeah. Check this out. So Volkanovsky, since this time last year, has weighed in for every single featherweight and lightweight title fight in the UFC. So this time last year, when it was Oliveira versus Islam, uh, Islam Vault was the backup fighter. He weighed in. He then obviously fought uh, Islam for the title.
1: Well, when was Zombie? Didn't he fight Zombie first? Didn't he have a featherweight fight with? He zombie? might have done actually. In he had between. The fight with Zombie, he had the fight with Islam. Islam. Then he's had a he fight, had the fight with. Yeah, yeah. So and now he's doing this. That's the three fights in the featherweight division and two fights in the lightweight division. Three fights in the lightweight division. Yeah. He weighed in. He fought in one, and now he's in the He's basically done the one thing that. Everyone has said, "Well, you can't, you can't. If you become a simultaneous champ, you can't keep two belts. You've got to give one of them up because this is not the women's division." Zombie was before. Zombie was before. Waiting in here. I think he meant the eighty, like an eighty-month period. He's basically featured in every championship fight in two weight divisions, and that was his argument yesterday. I've done it. You've said I couldn't simultaneously juggle two weights. I'm fucking doing it now. Yeah. I've, been in ev- I've been involved and I've made way for every single championship fight across two weight divisions for the last 18 months. So there's no reason why I can't do it. It, wasn't, it was a mega point that he made, to be fair. And he's right. He's bob on. You're going to do a Knicks Picks on it? I'm definitely going to do a Knicks Picks later in the week, yeah. So I'll give you my take a little bit later in the week. But obviously, quite clearly, no judges required. That will be the, the headline of Nick's Picks. No judges required.
0: Judges might be required in the coming. It's three, it's three rounds. Yeah. And we're talking about two tough bastards.
1: And we're talking about Kamari who's been, with all due respect, fought at a much higher level. Yeah. Much more consistently. He's been in a lot of big five-round fights over the last couple of years. I think he fell some way short in commanding the kind of legacy he was talking about when he was champion. And that's because, listen, man, it's all done well. How many times have we seen, oh, Tyron Woodley is the new GSP. Oh, this guy, he's the new GSP. Oh, fucking Kamaru Usman, he's the new GSP. Just look at what GSP did. Mm-hmm. No one's the new GSP. GSP kept all of that built and made so many fucking defences. It will I don't think it'll ever be surpassed at 170 pounds. And I think there's a, there was a while there where Kamaru, heavy was the crown. Heavy was the head that wore the crown with Kamaru. And he just, he looks like a different guy. You know, he was so breezy yesterday when he rocked in. It's there. cool, man. I I love Kamara Usman. You know, you can't be a Fife fan and not love one, the way he fights, two, the way he dresses, three, the way he's a fucking big handsome bastard who's trendy as anything, that stars in Marvel movies and he can who's fight hard like as fuck. fuck. And, he, and he, he walks into a room, and immediately, as you're eating out the palm of his hand, he's just one of them guys. He's wicked. We did a skit with him. You'll see it. He's sound. Like, I can't give any more better testament as a scouter than say, Commander Usman, sound him, lad. He is sound. But a lot of that confidence, a lot of that, the way he carries himself, and he's smiling, shaking everyone, shakes, shakes everyone's hands in the room, all that kind of business, that comes from a place of confidence in yourself to know Mate, I've fucking been here, man. I've got many a T-shirt, and you want me to beat this guy? Bring me the fucking guy. I'll beat the guy. And okay, this was only 11 days notice as well. Yeah. But we've been talking about this fight going on for the last two years. Yeah. These two have been circling each other like two fucking raging balls for two years. It was inevitably going to happen at some stage. We thought it would be originally down at welterweight with Amzac coming through there. Was he going to be the guy to dethrone the champion? Obviously, the last 18 months have showed us difference, but even though Kamaru's lost two fights to Leon, what's Hamzat done for me lately? You know? He has a foot for you. Be, that's what I mean. He's left his camp. He's left his country. He's The last time we did see him, he was a complete mess and weighed in 20 pounds over his contracted weight or whatever it was. He, was, he became a joke. He has to return to the type of performance which got us all excited in the first place. And that's why I think the timing's right for the Kamaru fight. Because I don't know whether that... That Hamzat may not even exist anymore. Do you know what I mean? I, it felt like a guy that was getting high off his own supply and he turned up thinking, ah, fuck it, I'll, I don't even have to make weight. I'll do what I want when I want. There, nah, I'm Kamzat. You Nah, man. You, you ain't that guy yet. Yeah. You've got potential to be that guy. You've got potential to be the next big star in this sport. But what have you done for me lately?
0: It feels like a restart, doesn't it?
1: Completely.
0: Because we we had the burst onto the scene on Fight Island. We all got giddy. Then, obviously, we had that situation where he was booked several times with Leon, he got COVID, he got really ill. Yeah. He never really recovered retired from it. We recently. then had an absolute blockbuster with Gilbert Burns. Phenomenal fight, but he fought the wrong fight that particular night and he allowed...
1: But came through it and answered yeah, questions mate. and I was cool with it. I yeah. was delighted with that performance, I've got to be
0: honest. And then we have the mess where he was supposed to fight Nate Diaz, then obviously the massive weight miss, then he ends up with... Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland on a, on a day's notice, all that type of carry-on. It was a mess. And it has been a mess. He's been away for a year and there's been a lot going on in that year, as you've just mentioned, stuff with his camp, like... Uh, He's now turned his back on Sweden, hasn't he? He's mm-hmm. fighting out of UAE. All, all these things. Mm-hmm. This is a massive opportunity. Don't get me wrong. The Paolo Costa fight with people holding Paolo Costa in such high regard was a big opportunity for Hamza Shemaya because you know what, what the narrative that was trying to be created catapult towards a title fight. I think yeah. it's even more so now yeah. because you're fighting the former welterweight champion, a guy that was the guy at yeah. 170. A guy that still says, I'm going to carry on at 170, but... Everybody's been talking about this fight for ages. It didn't get made because this guy here didn't want to do 170. He's now playing at 185. Um, and I think there's there's so many ups for both of these guys. If you look at it from um, Kamaru's point of view, he's already beat Sean Strickland. Yeah. You come in last minute, you beat Hamza Chimaev. Bingo. Bingo you get a title fight, mate. And yep. that, is, that really annoys me because I feel for Drikus Duplessis. He's done the work and he absolutely earned the right to fight for the title, but that's not how this game works, sadly. Nope. If Kamaru does Kamaru things at the weekend... Do you know what? You say sadly.
1: I'm kind of into it, though. I'm kind of into it. Yeah, but Drikus did it. Yep. Dricus
0: has done the thing that we demanded, isn't he? He's gone, he's Beat beaten the guy, and he's done it in great fashion. Yeah. He's been mouthy on microphones. He created the moment. Yeah. And okay, he might have dropped a bollock by not taking the fight in, in, in Sydney. Sydney. Well,
1: he did because but, look, at, look at Izzy's performance.
0: But he's well within his rights to say, I am not 100%. I've worked all my life for this moment. I'm not there, I'm not feeling it. Can I have an extra couple of months? Sounds He's well within his right to do that. Absolutely. And he shouldn't be just then bypassed just because of that attitude.
1: And I don't think he will be bypassed. I think he'll get the opportunity in a big fight. It may not be a title fight, though. And I'm, I'm Listen, this is a, a sport that is based around unearthed and diamonds that sell pay-per-views, superstars. That's what the UFC is all about at the end of the day. to putting bums on seats and eyeballs on televisions. And Drickus isn't... Yet a crossover star and Kamaru and Hamza have already crossed over in certain areas. So, either those guys fighting for the title and let's be honest, marching away with the title with all due respect to Sean Strickland, I think both those people start as favorites, sells better than a Drickers fight. Now, that's not what the sport should be about. We want this sport to be, you know, the best of the best all the time, number one versus number two. I get it, but sometimes when opportunities like this come around, when fights like this get made, that's the, insp- right, Kamari, do us a favor, Hamza, 11 days notice, okay, now we'll give you a decent payday, still, you know, I'm rolling off the couch, straight into the guy who's, who's the killer, that's undefeated, the Bond villain guy, the guy that you were lined up to fight me at welterweight, you got me, all right, sweetener, you beat him, you can have a title fight, sound. That's, the, that's how you do it, that's how, that's how you're able as UFC, to turn fights around with 10 days, 11 days notice that are even bigger than the fight that was made previously. That's how UFC has beaten boxing every time because it can. It hasn't got to go, oh, let me speak to the governing bodies. What will they say? Will they allow a title fight? We've got rid of all the bullshit that ruins boxing. Dana White in his office, he is the kingmaker, and he can go, if you take it, you can have Strickland if you win. Sound? Sound. Get... Lock it in. Perfect. Brilliant. Right. Fucking turn that camera on. We're going live. We've got ourselves Kamara Wilson versus Hamza. That's why we love this sport. That's why it moves so well. And the, and the so play. I feel for Drickers. Yeah. But I understand why the decision has been made. And I think even Drickers needs to go. Okay. Fair play. Yeah. Fair play. Did Drickers get the call? Did they call Drikas first? You want Hamza on Fight Island? Don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. The point is, even Drickers needs to go. Yeah, fair play. Okay, sound. Now it's up to Drikas now. Does he sit on the couch and wait for this to play out and then see where he lies? It should be here. Or does Drikas go, get me on a fucking flight. I'll get in that cage. Never mind them two stepping in front of me. Because for all he knows, we could have another Ankalaya versus Yamlachovic situation. Mm. It might be a draw. And it might be a contentious draw. And then Drikas has got the world media here. All the MMA media and goes, listen, they need to do it again. Who gives a damn? Strickland, I'm coming, baby. That's it. Bingo. It also works that way for uh, Hamzat too.
0: Of course. If you beat the former champion at welterweight, you're in yeah, on you? it. shot. Plus he's Hamzat.
1: And everyone's already bought on, the, on this crazy Bond villain. This guy that's got lethal hands, incredible ground game. When he wants to be a Dagestani wrestler, he can be a Dagestani wrestler. When he wants to be a world-class boxer, he can be a world-class boxer. When he wants to kickbox your face in and smash it up against the fence, he can do that as well. That's why we love him. Gutted yesterday that we didn't get to spend any time with him. We didn't get a, a chance to do an interview with him, which I think was across the board. Hopefully we'll catch up with him later. Hamzat was week. just
0: being Hamzat, man. Yeah, of course. That's what he does. Of course,
1: It's a shame our boys over the block asset weren't rolling with him because we be would we'd definitely got some time with him then. But still, I'm sure we'll catch up with him at some stage this week. But uh, I couldn't, I didn't get close to him yesterday because his entourage is that fucking big. I think,
0: no, huge, mate. I think we get a bonus on this fight, whether it be fight of the night or um mm-hmm. or a performance. Yeah. I've I've just got a feeling that we're gonna get something similar to what we saw with uh, Hamzat Burns.
1: Yeah. A ding dong. Proper habit. Ding dong.
0: Yeah, because that we know how
1: Kamaru's ham- tough man.
0: Yeah he is. But we also know how Hamzat's head works. You wanna you can't outmatch on me. No. But Kamaru weighs hard as fucking nails.
1: Well that's the other thing that's the other thing to think about as well is With the previous corner, you know, they got him through the Gilbert Burns fight. Andreas Michael was able to go, hey, dickhead, what are you doing? Take him down, please. You're making this. You're you're making this a 50-50. You're making this a fight of the night. You're making this a lot harder than it needs to be. Do you? What are you doing? You don't have to to prove to this world that you can take a shot, that you can come through adversity. You save them moments for when they really matter. You don't do it in fucking three-rounders. With all due respect to Gilbert Burns, love Gilbert Burns, sensational fight, and Gilbert brought that out of him. But that corner was able to go, hey, respect's here. You listen to me. I'm your coach. I'm Andre. We've been together a long time. <laughs> with a new coach, I don't know how that setup's going to be. Hmm? Sometimes the tail wags the dog when you set a new team up. Correct. When you're moving to the Middle East, when you're putting a team around you, is the team around you there because you're Hamzat yep. and you come first and you're, with all due respect to the main man, the Conor McGregor situation, uh, I think I'll do five miles on the bike. Good idea, Connor. Do us a favour. Carry the bike up onto the deck of the boat for me and I'll do it there. Fuck off. Do you know what I mean? Get in the fucking gym and do the work. And there's been a lot of that with Connor recently, I think. And I get it. The guys are quadril- quadrillionaire or whatever Connor is these days. There's got to be someone in that corner, Hamzat Shemaev, that charge. runs the corner. Not, can't be Hamzat. It used to be Andreas Michael. Is there a new Andreas Michael? These are all questions that we'll get answers to on Saturday nights. That's why it's always interesting when someone changes camps like that. What did Kamaru do? When Kamaru found out that, wait a minute, I'm the welterweight champ, but everyone needs these fucking mats and now the welterweight contenders. I'm going to have to leave this gym and find myself another gym. What did he do he do? Goes to Trevor Whitman. Straight away, as soon as it went, oh, Kamaru Usman's gone to work with Trevor Whitman. Okay, sound. So he swapped Henry Hooft for Trevor Whitman. I get it. Trevor calls the shots. That's just the way it is. Has Kamaru got one of them? I don't know who his team is. I've got mm. no idea who's in that corner. And so hopefully we'll find out later in the week. But again, that's just another dynamic worth keeping an eye on. Because at this level, you need a, a, a strong voice in that corner to go, hey, this is what we worked on. This is our game plan. This is where we're going. Has Hamzak got that? We don't know. How was Johnny Walker? Sound as fuck, man. He's cool as anything, isn't he? He's in a fight this weekend. Man. He's in a proper fight. He's in a proper fight because I think people will have cooled on Ankolaev now after that performance against Yanblahovich in December, and we were there. Uh, and you know, it, it put Bispen's right eye to sleep with all. It was it was awful. It was a terrible fight. The he's got to rehabilitate from that now, Ankolaev, because. That was a title fight that ended in a draw that nobody wanted. To, you know, Usually, if a fight ends in a draw... You've got to go again. You've got to go, especially when the title on the line. And in fact, both him and Jan, well, they just went, right, fuck off, get, up, get away from that belt. That ain't happening again. Mm. And I know he's had some injuries, I, he's at That's why it's taken so long for him to come back. Uh, in the aftermath of that, things haven't been perfect. Jan, of course, has gone and fought Peheya in a final eliminator and blah, blah, blah. Ankalaev has to start again now. And he's been given it an opponent in Johnny Walker that is completely rehabilitated, that turned up. He was the uncle Iev. Oh, look at this guy. He's amazing. He's a beast. He's the next champion. And then he got exposed and he lost a few, all during the pandemic, all, all behind closed doors, might I add. Yeah. And then since crowds have come back in, he's been reborn, Johnny Walker. And he, he said that. He said, listen, man, I do this for cheers, man. I do this for the applause. I'm fucking fighting front of fifty fifty executives. I want to fight in front of twenty thousand people. And since that's happened, don't get me wrong, there's other things. He's married now, he's settled in Ireland, he's he's in a better place mentally, where he knows I haven't just got to go in there and entertain these people. Yeah. Job number one is to win and fight to a game plan. I'll do that first, and the entertainment will come naturally. So he's in a good headspace, Johnny Walker. He knows he's up against it, he knows what Ankalaev's capable of. But Ankalayev will come into this fight a little bit unsure on because what's next for him? What even if he comes through Johnny Walker, he ain't getting the next title shot. He's still at least another win away from it, and it's a chuck of the vision up there now because you've got two former champions who've given up the belt due to injury that are absolutely ahead of him. Mm. I know Jan's got the fight lined up for the title, Yuri. but Yanny, sorry, he's got the, has got the fight lined up, but. Whatever Ankalaev does this weekend, Jamal Hill's still gonna step in front of him when he's back. Yeah, that's fair. So it's an interesting time. It's an interesting time. And I'm 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 keen to see Ankalaev over fifteen minutes because he's got to make us forget about the dross that we were saved in December. And don't get me wrong, he picked up an injury in that fight. Can't apologies, because I don't know how many times I've said don't don't get me wrong, but he uh, picked up an injury in that fight against Jan, which is why it became the fight it became. Not making excuses, it was awful, but yeah, I, I like the fight for both of them. The winner comes out of a fight, especially if it's Johnny Walker. You get Ankalaev's name on your slate, me, you're right in the mix because he's popular.
0: How funny is um, watching the UFC security teams when more Mokhaleev's about? It's funny, man. He would he'd cause an argument in an empty room. That fella, wouldn't he? Not half. He's funny. I love him to bits. He's uh, he's he's top wheels, of course, and we love watching him fight and. Obviously, he's on We're this train in. to try and become uh, the youngest ever UFC world champion. But it's just funny. He has the most amount of se- Think of all the people that are on this card, right? Mm. All the absolute lunatics. Mo has the most amount of security. Following him around to interviews and all these little bits and bats just because <laughs> it'll go off at some point. Absolute egg case, isn't
1: he? he just, he'll just argue with anyone. He'll pick fights with everybody. <laughs> Not even in his weight class. No, regardless of. Doesn't matter who it anything. is. Just wants to have an argument. He just, he, he just loves a fight. And I think he's in. Listen, he's in a proper fight as well. He's been. I'm bed. glad that he's
0: got it, man. He's been shouting for ranked opponents and fair play to Tim Elliott for sticking his hand up and getting yeah, him in there.
1: But then, first, you know, Tim Elliott's just put one Dagestani flyweight prospect to bed. You know that kid out of Habib's camp who he was matched with and that was supposed to be his ticket to the top 10 and Tim Elliott did a number on him so he'll be thinking save him up man keep serving me these young prospects and I'll keep putting them away happy days um, but I think Mo Mokev's more than just a prospect mm-hmm. you know you don't become a multiple time world amateur champion and fight to the level that he does and make the sacrifices that he does interesting with Mo because I was kind of like, you know, what comes next? You know, obviously we know what comes next after this fight. It's a mad push before trying to get a title fight before March twenty eighth. March twenty eighth is D Day. If he doesn't win the title by March twenty eighth, he can't beat Jon Jones's records of being the youngest ever UFC champion, and that's something he's got to drive and sell. And rammed up, excuse me, ran down Dana White and, and and all the matchmakers' throats to be at least give me the chance, at least give me the headline. There's a long way to go to get there. Tim Adley, first and foremost, this weekend. Pantoya's got a title defense later in the year. If he doesn't, he's got to really hope that Pantoya wins that as well, mm-hmm. because then Pantoya's beaten a fair few of the top ten, and uh, some of the others at the top ten will be tied up. Mo, in a, in a in a perfect world, Mo needs to win impressively on Saturday night to get into the top ten. To ask for somebody in the top five around December time. And then if you can beat someone in the top five in December, then beg the UFC and say, listen, man, you've got UFC London, UFC Saudi Arabia, and UFC 300, which are all estimated going to take place around mid to late March. Please give me the headline. Give me the opportunity to go, can this kid beat John Jones? He's been on this journey with the UFC. Okay, but he's leapfrogging a couple of guys, but so what? None of those guys can generate the headline he can generate. Can he become the youngest UFC champion in history? Beating John Jones by a matter of days. You know what? We're going to give him the opportunity. Why the fuck not? I hope he gets it. But he's got at least two fights to win before we get there. And let's be honest with Boatmo. He hasn't... He's he's looked beatable in his recent fights. He's come through some sticky situations... Some really uncomfortable moments, but he comes through in the end, man. And that's all that matters. He gets his arm raised in the end, and he's putting people away now. And that's what the UFC want. They want to see finishes, and he's finishing people.
0: He's good on that. I, I think he'll. Um, I think he might steal the show this weekend. Actually, from our point of view, I think there's obviously some fantastic fights and there's some fantastic moments, but yeah. I think. More and more as an opportunity at the weekend, really, to, to punch his ticket and start to make some serious noise. I think Nathaniel's in a fight, isn't he? It's a tough one, this.
1: Really tough. Really tough. The, the thing with Nathaniel is he's been reborn up well up a featherweight. He's in a magnificent headspace. The last time he lost was here against Casey Kenny. We were cage side, commentating for that, if you remember. That mm-hmm. was the night, Habib beats Justin Keiichi. And it was a fight of the night. It was phenomenal. And it was a close fight, but he, he, he lost the fight. And since then, it wasn't immediately afterwards, but since then, he, he had a couple of fights fall through and then he went, right, fuck it. I'm going to featherweight. I've been waiting long enough. And he moved up to featherweight and he's had three real good wins against three legit opponents as well. Mm. And on paper, this guy is not as legit an opponent, Muhammad Namov, compared to the three names he's beaten already. But what he is, is incredibly dangerous. And this is a kid that has only just got in the UFC. He's had one fight in the UFC so far. They matched him at lightweight um, with, uh, what's his name, the Australian kid. Uh, Malarkey, wasn't it? Jamie Malarkey. They matched him with him in the weight division above his natural weight and went, go on then, kid, we'll give you a chance in the UFC. And he knocked Malarkey out. Now, we were talking about this yesterday over the beer. When you watch that fight back, Malarkey has gone from Southpaw to Orthodox. And as he does he steps square on and seems to freeze for a second like he literally you know usually people slide like the shoulders and hips got at one moment it's a step across isn't it it's a step across to go from one one stance to the other <laughs> he steps malarkey and then kind of goes square on and goes <gasps> like a cat in the headlights and namov goes boop, right down the middle and pushes him straight back and then jumps on him and grounds him and pounds him I don't want to take anything away from that win for Namek because y- y- it's you're a great win. You say that the win. headline
0: is better than the actual true story. Yes,
1: I think Malarck. It was a mistake by Malarcky rather than a sensational shot by okay. Namek that led to the finish. He's back down in his natural weight division now, Namek, but he isn't necessarily a massive puncher. You know, it's like he's knocked everybody out, but that headline knocked out Malarcky up at lightweight mm. flatters. So, but that works both ways because mm-hmm. the kid will come into this fight going, well, I'm back in my natural weight division now. This kid's coming up from bantam weight. I'm just going to smash him to bits. Whereas what we've seen so far from Nathaniel Wood is speed kills. He's been too fast yeah. for legit featherweights. Yeah. Too fast. Not just with his hands, with his movements. In and out. As, you know, he gets in the pocket, he unloads, and he's out the back door before they even fucking throw a counter. And he just needs a little bit more of that, and I think he'll be too fast for Neymar, and I think he'll get the job done. I think this is going to be a great win for him. And after this, bit like Mo, it's time for the ranked opponent. For, oh,
0: for if won. he if he wins at the weekend and he and he's
1: not ranked, well, Neymar isn't a ranked guy. No, yeah, but the perform- level of performances that he's been putting in has I been agree. absolutely superb. I agree with that, but Neymar's not a ranked guy, so I don't think this will necessarily unlock a, a ranked opponent. Or a ranking for him. But A ranking, but it will. Sorry, it won't unlock a ranking, but it will unlock a ranked opponent next. Okay. Because, listen, Nathaniel and his team are obviously going to say to the UFC matchmakers, we just did the guy you wanted us to do. We didn't say no to this guy who's had one fight and beat a lightweight and blah, blah, blah. We went, go on then, Sam, we'll do him under the pretense that next year in London or whatever it may be, we want a rank guy. And Nathaniel will deserve a rank guy. I really think Nathaniel's going to put in a massive performance this weekend. They really do. I was just
0: checking to see where they put him on the car. And I'm gutted for it's fans alien, at man. home watching this. It's, he's on the early prelims, obviously. Fight pass. Yeah, it's a fight pass job, that. Uh, TNT Sports gets going with the prelims from 5pm. So you'll just miss uh, Nathaniel on TNT Sports. You're also going to miss a geezer that you'll hire a kite on. Who's the curtain jerker. Do you want to introduce... Uh, the bullet! Sharan Magomedov.
1: Shara Magomedov, Okay. Mm. Now the, just, channel, just, that just, the channel that brought you Israel Adesanya. Just Google it. The channel that brought you Shavkat Rachmanov. We've got a new one, baby. Oof. Gone that bigger, yeah? He went that big on him. I've gone too big. Yeah, I think. I've, I've just I've, I've just gone I've just gone too big on the kid. Listen, this guy, Shara Rachmanov. Uh Shara Magomedov. Magomedov Shara Magomedov, aka The Bullet is a fearsome, frightening motherfucker. If you think Hamza Chumaev looks and fights like a Bond villain, you don't even know half the story, man. He wouldn't even get past the first casting call if Shara turned up for this job. Honestly, this guy is fearsome. Daniel Craig would cross the street if he's seen him walking down the road. That's how scary this guy is. He's a fucking brute. He's obviously got a strong... uh, MMA records is unbeaten in 11 with 10 knockouts. He was recently thrown out of the ADC, ADCC Jiu Jitsu tournament after he punched his Polish after he basically fucking started wailing on his Polish opponents because he wasn't happy with uh, something that happened in Jiu Jitsu, so he just started battering them. He's also done a little bit of prison time for beating a guy up in the shopping mall and then stamping on his head outside. So he's, he's, he's a nice guy. He's a character. He's a character indeed, my friend. He's the curtain jerker. He's first on out here in Abu Dhabi. I seen him yesterday, because I was like a little schoolboy, wasn't I, yesterday, running around man a fighter all time. I'm going to try and find Shara. I want to go. I want to see what he looks like. And he, he was walking Describe down.
0: Describe
1: him. He's terrifying. He's... You know, six foot two, built like a brick shit house. He's got a big ginger fucking hairdo. He's got a big ginger beard. He's basically blind in his right eye. I don't think he is blind in his right eye, but...
0: It's his, opaque, innit? it? It's white. His
1: right, his right eye is like cataracts, yeah. It's like, it's all white. And he's had dozens of operations on it, and he's only got partial sight out of that eye. But as you can imagine, when you throw the beard in, when you throw the eye in, when you throw the fearsome reputation in... He's a character, man. He's a real fierce-looking character. He finally gets to make his UFC debut. This has been on the cards for about a year or so now. It's finally happening out here. Can't man. make your debut when old. you're in Nick. Oh, mate, honestly. He's, he's one of those guys that if it wasn't for this sport... Oh, yeah. If it wasn't for oh, this sport, be fucked. He, he'd be fucking tying people up in the jungle. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. And he's the first fight. He's first on in it. He?
1: Yeah. He's based out of Thailand as well. He's a he's a fucking reality. Yeah. Listen, yeah. there's a lot of guys that Can't train that Tiger
0: Muay Thai uh, gym that <laughs> <bit> have <of> highlighted him. <laughs> that he wouldn't lend money to. That have highlighted him. <laughs> or from. Yeah. <laughs> Serious <laughs> character, man. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. your first fight on the uh, on Fight Pass. So if you're tuning in uh, for that, keep an eye out for Shara Magomedov. Um, you're going to do a Knicks Picks. Are you going
1: to do men and core men for Knicks Picks? I think so. I think so. It'd be rude not to, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I'll do, I'll do a Nick's Pick special where they do the co-main and the main event. I'm super excited for them both. I don't, just, think, just, I don't think judges are required for either.
0: Possibly. Listen, just, just process this and, and bathe in this, right? The UFC, tur- they lost the main and co-main yeah 10 days ago they well, lost it them.
1: 10 days ago it was like four days ago or something like that five days ago from but
0: where we're recording now right yeah, yeah so all right 10 so,
1: days from the main event
0: yeah so this so this time last week they lost their main and co-main event within 24 hours they'd made two better fights that the majority of fight fans would would concede
1: not, but, e- not even from people already booked on the undercard either no you know the easier thing to do would go well, Gamrot, they had a backup fighter. Gamrot's going to weigh in. Saw so Mathieu's
0: Gamrot yesterday. Saw him yesterday. I didn't know what to say to him. I said, are you all right? How are you? He's like going, well, yeah. Finance was his yeah. Listen, listen. I get paid for weighing. I weigh in. Stay ready. Hopeful. hopeful, hopeful. Listen, you've got to feel for it. They had a backup fighter, yeah. and they didn't use the backup fighter. They went bigger. They went bigger. That's the game that we are playing. That's what's happening this weekend. The narratives around UFC 294. <laughs> are truly out of this world, they're they are t- they're out of a movie. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky enough to be here, obviously witness this and try and get you as close as we possibly can to it. Uh, so keep an eye on our social media um, because we've got press conference there tomorrow. We've got weigh-in day on Friday, of course, and then on Saturday, it's all in,
1: baby. What time does it start? UK time must be about half two, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Maybe even, a- yeah, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, you think, on five Pass?
0: For the early prelims, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, prelims get going from five, main, <laughs> main card from seven. Mega. Just think about that, like 10, 10, quarter past 10. Volkanovski and Islam will be at it for UK fight fans. Glorious. Be mid- Glorious. Just a, what time will it be here? Yeah? One the morning here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, there you go. Make sure you subscribe to us. You can do it via our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, we've got all the audio feeds that you need, and we are also... Uh, on YouTube too. So if you are already over there, thank you very much. If you're not, come on, man. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, you can watch every podcast that we, uh, that we make for you, all right? Find examples on YouTube. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.